All right, man. Welcome to Crow 777 Radio. This is the introduction for episode 83. Jason Lingren is with me as usual. We are going to be covering the coming 5G networks and AI. Boy, heck of a week, man. Uh, Two weeks ago, if you did a search online for Crow 777, there were thousands, literally thousands and thousands of returns. Uh, Not the case today uh, in most search engines, not all. Uh, If you do a search, there's precious few returns. All those videos that they took out when they killed the YouTube channel were embedded in endless news stories, blogs, I mean, all over the internet. When I used to do searches, it was page after page after page. I couldn't even get through them all. Um, I invite anyone now to go see the power that's been brought to bear when you do a search for Crow 777. It's a bit disheartening. I thought if they took a channel out like mine that was so well-known, um, there, there would be a lot more uproar. Um, so one of two things is going on here. We know they're choking search returns on Crow 777. Um, but I'm talking to people, and it doesn't look like many people even blinked when it happened. Uh, it's disheartening in a way. I did go out and go on a few shows. Some people told me that uh, it was being talked about a lot on Facebook and other places I don't go. But here we are, man. Uh, a simple YouTube channel was taken out, but that's really not the damage that was done if you want to really consider. Uh, consider thousands and thousands of pages who had linked to my content, written blogs. These are no longer searchable, um, mostly. I use some search engines like Lycos. Uh, got a little bit more, but nothing that even comes close to the searches I was getting a week or two ago. It's staggering to consider the amount of information control that's been brought to bear here. I was talking with Jason and thinking about, you know, everything that's happened here. And we started to consider, you know, why did they take us out so hard? Is it the things that we've said? Is it the ideas that we've expressed? And as I began to break it down, I think truly what it is, is the way we are thinking about things. I think that's the real problem. It's a hard thing to know. But anyhow, um, there are other channels out there, you people know who they are, that were supposedly taken out, and they went right back up. So it's a heck of a thing to see. Anyhow, this is quite an episode. The coming 5G networks are going to be a dividing line in the sand. It's going to change everything, in my view. It's going to change every aspect of Western life or places that use the Internet readily every day. Uh, On top of that, the artificial intelligence that are coming to bear are going to be another line in the sand that changes our worlds in ways we probably can't imagine. This is a heck of an episode. And let me give a shout out to all the followers over at Crow 777 Radio. Thank you all, um, because so many of you stood up when this onslaught came. And you're the people that are making it possible to continue doing this information. If you want to post uh, the the link to the website around the web, that's a big help. But it remains to be seen how hard they choke any search return. At this point, even people linking from Google search engines to my site, many of them are getting messages that it's a dangerous site with malware or phishing. It's a full frontal press. Staggering amount of power brought to bear just that quickly. Anyhow, man, let's jump in with Jason. There it is. Cheers. All right, man. Welcome to Crow 777 Radio Podcast. This is episode 83. Jason Lingren is with me. We're going to be covering the coming 5G networks and the AI artificial intelligence takeover. Welcome, Jason. Hello, Crow. 
So we got some things we need to address here in the opening about the channel, right? Oh, yes. Definitely a few things. All right. So as so many people know, um, my YouTube channel, Crow777, was terminated. And it was terminated. The last clip they cited was a Lunar Wave clip that wasn't even mine, by the way. It was shot by a guy in North Carolina, I think. Um, and he sent it to me uh, to run so people could see it, a lot of people. Uh, that's the one that terminated my channel. But uh, I got an email this morning because I put an appeal in saying that the Lunar Wave is not a scam or a hoax and that I first filmed it in 2012 and that probably 30-some other people have filmed it by now. And I got this notice back this morning. Hello. Thank you for your account suspension appeal, which is weird. Uh, I got a termination notice. They're calling it a suspension here. But my channel, if you go to it, it says uh, terminated. We have decided to keep your account suspended based on our community guidelines and terms of service. Please visit. They give you a bullshit link to their guidelines that don't mean anything for more information. Thank you very much, the YouTube team. Um, so seemingly my account will stay uh, abolished, I guess, Jason. Yeah, so we need to do something about this, I, I think. And I th would like to think that 80,000 subscribers is enough power to make a difference. Well, here's the thing, man. I started noticing posts uh, on your YouTube channel and in my forum and in one other place. I don't remember if it was Twitter. It was somewhere else where people said they were Richie from Boston followers. He's got his channel back, by the way, his original channel. And in three places I read from people who claim to be followers that so many people complained from his subscription base that YouTube reinstated him. I don't know what Richie from Boston would say if that's true. I tried to message him. He didn't get back to me. But again, I saw three separate people make this claim. So there's that. And many people in the forum uh, at Crow Triple Seven Radio are asking, how do they complain? Here's the problem. As Jason and I looked into it, it depends which version of YouTube you're using. There's apparently three that we're aware of, and then there's YouTube Red, and apparently the interfaces may differ from country to country. If you would like to participate and complain to YouTube about the destruction of Crow Triple Seven YouTube channel, just do a search that says, how do I send feedback to YouTube? Um, each person would have to do that. I'm sorry, I can't be more specific. People posted instructions in the forum on my website, but Jason and I both tried to follow them and they didn't work. It may even have to do with browser version, I don't know. But if you simply did a web search for how to send feedback to YouTube, and I'm guessing if what's true, if that's true about Richie from Boston's channel, and I don't know for sure it is. Uh, again, I just saw three separate people post in comments this. Um, so I'll have to wait to see what Richie actually says is true um i don't know jason what do you think the only thing i noticed different was richie from boston's channel now up on your little subscription bar and this is just how it looks on my macintosh his little logo even while it was under suspension never disappeared and you could still go on his channel and look at videos even though he wasn't posting anything new he was posting on richie from boston too then of course uh, i don't remember how long it was a week or so he got it back. So his never changed. Uh, as of last night, your little logo disappeared when you click on it and said everything was terminated and you're not able to, to click on anything. So it sounds like it's a different procedure that was done to both of you. Well, what's weird, Jason, is so the day after I saw all my stuff disappear the same morning, everything. 
all the logos, all the avatars, all the listings, everything, any information I had about subscriptions that I was a part of, it all went away. When I logged in the following day, I was taken to an account that wasn't mine. It was called Crow777, but it was C-R-O-W-777, and it had like a version, you know, the orange like crows in front of the sun logo that I was using as an avatar. It had like a version of that, but it wasn't the version that I made. Um, not only that, things like the the join date or the birth date, I forget which one of the dates they had listed, get this, was... September 11, 1988, in the new account it logged me into. And this is the account that, like, if I log in for Gmail on one of the Gmail accounts that was attached to my YouTube channel, that's the account now. And it says I have two subscribers and one video. I can't see the video. Uh, it's just a, it's a really weird thing, man. It sounds like an inside job if we want to be so blunt about it. Well, we'll see. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait uh, for Richie from Boston to respond to the message I sent him to, to, to see what he says is correct. But if it's true, seemingly all the people listening, uh, if you want to participate, you could go do a search and send feedback to YouTube. Anyhow, Jason, enough beating that beat up horse. Do you want to cover anything else before we jump into 5G networks and the artificial intelligence takeover? Well, obviously, I will keep running the first free hours just like you did uh, on my Secrets of Saturn channel. And, of course, you can get the first free hour on Crow777Radio.com or be a subscriber, which helps us majorly. So I guess I will mention before we jump in, it's getting damn tough for Jason and I because we just lost 80,000 subscriber base, um, which gave us a lot of traffic over to the website. Uh, I'm having to work nonstop now trying to get out on other shows, trying to post in places to keep the traffic up. But there's more to this. We're told that on December 8th, this is one source, um, that Twitter is going to start doing the censorship. Uh, we're further being told, and people have talked about this in my forums, but I was aware of it before I saw them talking about it, that it looks like the European Union is dictating the rules that are driving the censorship. Hard to know um, for sure. But here's the thing. Uh, the net neutrality laws, you, people can go look. I'm not going to get big into this. All that stuff is up for grabs and about to change one way or the other. Uh, what we're hearing is, is that the cost of running websites is going to change. It's going to be allowed that the people providing the services set the rates. Uh, they set what can be searched by search engines, all this stuff. We're coming into a brave new world here in, in 2018. And as I've said before, 2018 is a date that resolves to 9-11. This will not be lost on the system we live in. It never is. Um, what's about to happen is a complete paradigm shift uh, in terms of how we live and work online. So I would just say, um, if you folks are interested in what we do, Everywhere you post it, advertise it, talk about it, anything you can do to help us be known now that we've basically been cut off at the knees from the majority of a subscriber base that was built over five years, that would be much appreciated. And I hate to have to shill out for, for traffic, but uh, we're, we're under a full frontal press here. But anyhow, Jason, anything else? Well, as far as censorship goes, there's also a big look with the FCC right now into what Internet service providers will allow you to see. That's it. Basically massive censorship, the net neutrality thing is going to go bye-bye. So basically, you may or may not be able to go to certain areas of the of the net, depending upon your internet service provider's own decisions. Like, oh no, we don't feel like uh, allowing you to be able to go there. Sorry. 
It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that, because when that starts censoring people, um, I imagine there will be maybe real legal pushes. Hard to know. But anyhow, Jason, let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, we're a few minutes into the first hour and uh, let's take on the coming 5G and AI, which plays into exactly what we were just mentioning in the intro. Um, we are headed into a complete shift in reality. Uh, with regard to our lives that are now almost wholly online and how traffic and everything else, cost, rules, censorship, it is all on the back of what we're about to talk about. So we're going to discuss 5G, Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, the Internet of Things, and how all these things intertwine and are probably going to go together if they're not already. So the first thing I'd like to do is give you a quick refresher on what the Internet of Things is. The uh, abbreviation used for it is IoT. You'll see that a lot. And it's the network of physical devices, vehicles, home appliances, and other items embedded with electronics, software, sensors, actuators, and network connectivity, which enables these objects to connect and exchange data. Each thing is uniquely identifiable through its embedded computing system, but is able to interoperate within the existing Internet infrastructure. Experts estimate that the Internet of Things will consist of about 30 billion objects by the year 2020. There's a lot of ideas in this, but uh, maybe I'll go to the overarching ideas first. Basically, what's being talked about here is the fact that your toaster, there's going to come a point when your toaster, your refrigerator, all the things we used um, are hooked up online, probably wirelessly, um, almost certainly wirelessly. But the even just the way they word it here, the Internet of Things, um, it's a hell of a thing because it's almost implying that things, not inanimate objects, will be controlling the human beings, which is what the Internet was supposedly built for, although we are starting to get the taste of what the Internet was actually built for, uh, total control in my view. Anyhow, Jason. Well, this is kind of the laughable way that you'd hear the Alex Jones type of people screaming that your refrigerator is going to be watching you. But in fact, it's going to be something like that. All these things will be monitoring your usage. And I'm not saying they're all going to have spy cameras in them, although that's not infeasible if, if a manufacturer decided to do so. But basically, they're all going to be communicating about you and transmitting that data to God knows where about your activities in your own home. So it's basically Facebook on steroids, Jason. It is it is a more complete of the actual life of a human being, knowing when a light gets turned on or off, knowing when people go to bed, knowing when the television comes on, knowing actual products that are in the refrigerator. Um, they're already advertising refrigerators that say, hey, man, don't eat that sushi. It's over a week old as he tries to pull something out. The You know, the refrigerator being fully cognizant of uh, of what's in there and when it was put there. Um, everything is, they're going to try to push every single thing online. And the reason we're going this way is not for convenience, it's for control. You see, there's a mistake out there in the world that thinks the next time you get a good iPhone, that life just got a little bit easier. That's not why you're getting the new iPhone. That's not it at all. You're getting that new iPhone so that this digital system, this artificial system can replace the reality that we used to live in, which was nature. That's what this is all about, people, um, to be blunt and frank about it. Anyhow, man. So basically what I'm kind of seeing here is, as opposed to somebody who's just put up the, their little Facebook post, oh, here's a picture of, I just finished the pies for Thanksgiving in my refrigerator. The refrigerator could take that for you and send it off to Facebook. It's going to save you time. It's so convenient, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, not, I mean, it, there, there's so many angles you could go at, even understanding what it is people are eating. I've always said for a long time, you know, taking the kind of insidious view of things, um, knowing how many people in the country drink milk. Well, if you put something in that milk, like they put fluoride in the water, I mean, you could you can see the possibilities there. But at the end of the day, the human map that has been provided by social media will be just dwarfed but when they can actually see everything that's going on in the home in terms of power use, what you're eating, uh, all these things. And, of course, your car is still going to have GPS, all these things. They will know every single facet of your day at that point. Well, what's um, amusing about it is, of course, this will be tied into your personal record, so your medical insurance, which, of course, is socialized now. So, you know, your refrigerator could yell at you like, hey, Meg, you're a fatty. You don't need to eat that fifth piece of cake. Well, you know, where this goes, Jason, there's already rumors that in places in China, they're rolling out things in prep of the 5G network, things like this, where everyone's on a smartphone and has a personal rating, like, uh, I don't know what I would, you know, a user rating. And if you stop and interact with a person that has a low user rating, your user rating drops. As a matter of fact, your credit rating drops. These kinds of things. This is where this all heads. You know, this is where it all heads. I've made the comment in past shows that if people do not stand up against this overwhelming control and censorship, that before too long, and in my view, it's probably much less than five years if I had to guess, um, you're going to go to your ATM and it's going to tell you, sorry, you can't have money today because you know you, you're not, you don't have medical insurance or your car license isn't up to date or some other nonsense. That is where the level of control we are talking about here. And as you and I get into Bitcoin uh, or cryptocurrency to be more more appropriate about it and AI, um, you're going to see, you're going to see where all this heads. Um, I'll, I'll wait to talk about it till we get there. But a AI and, and cryptocurrency are here to do away with the monetary system that we all grew up with. Now, I've heard of this Chinese censorship kind of thing. Basically, it's like a credit rating for your social status and, and how, right. how good of a obedient citizen you are. And basically, you will have a credit rating, a, a social status rating. And indeed, if you start interacting and doing things they don't like, your social rating will go down, which will have drastic effects on the rest of your life. So, of course, what an easy way to keep your people in line. I mean, it's it's a digital dictatorship. Well, it's and not only that, there's no way to fight back against it. You know, all these people, I see all these people getting on airplanes last time I flew, walking up with their phones and touching it to the thing. Well, what do you do when you go to get on your airplane and you touch your phone to the thing and it won't let you board? Who the hell do you complain to? YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This this is the world we're all headed for. And um, it can't be overstated. It really cannot be overstated. Um, for all the people that were born in like the late 80s, mid 90s, um, you've come up in a world where the Internet has always been here. You've never really known much of a time without it. And so you don't have the same view of the world that was before the internet. Uh, so vastly different than where we find ourselves. And even like the things of censorship that are going on now, these would have been undamn acceptable in the 70s. There would have been hell to pay. People would have been whipping out their shotguns. I'm not even kidding. Um, there would have been battle royale for the things that are implemented so overtly now. And um, yeah, let's, let's just keep moving here, Jace. Well, let's pause at the question here, Crow, since you're a couple of years older than me. What do you think has changed that people aren't 
standing up and grabbing their shotguns and, and putting these people up against the wall? Well, part of it is social engineering. Part of it is pharmaceuticals. Part, part of it is the quality of food and the nutrition levels that have plummeted, uh, the fluoride in the water. We could point to all these things that have changed about our world. You can, you know, to confirm these things, just go back and look at movies from the early 70s where they show you a city scene where it's clear they can't be actors. There's too many people. And how many fat people and how many bald people do you see? You can see what's been done to health. But to set that aside, you and I covered the idea of the over window uh, in a past episode not too long ago. That's really kind of how this works now, where right now the censorship on on social media is a good example of the Overton window. Most people like me are incensed. It's unacceptable. Well, as the Overton window idea is implemented, pretty soon it becomes something that pisses you off, but it's a thing that happens. Then it's just a thing that happens. Then pretty soon it's expected. And then at the very right side of the Overton window idea, it is the way things are. And people can't even imagine operating in any other way. This is social engineering on the highest order, but it's on a whole different level now because we're talking about the infrastructure of our lives. If you want to quit digital banking now, what's your option? If you want to pay for things in cash only, how much longer can you do that? You see, it's a complete wholesale swap over from where we were back in the 70s to now. And, you know, I'm just saying, all you younger folks out there, and I know there are a lot of people uh, in their 20s and 30s um, that are, are listening to this. I can see you in my stats. Um, you need to pay attention to what the people that are older than you are saying about the time that was before the Internet, because pretty quickly here, the Internet is going to have changed every facet of our lives and given control to people you will never meet. And for that matter, never even know where they exist. Hmm. I, I, for my money, I'm going to say that people in general just seem to be spaced out. I, and I'm 44. I just don't remember people being quite this out of it in general and i have to interact with the general public a lot for my day-to-day -day job something's wrong it's just something's wrong with people today i can address that a little bit jason you know there were some people uh in my forum at crow triple seven radio having a discussion about the monroe institute and i'm familiar with this i actually got an invitation to go there with a friend once um i didn't they did um i knew quite a bit about the monroe institute and the reason i knew it is because i had st studied tibetan buddhism and indian meditation techniques for years and years and years and i was pointing out to them that some of the things they were talking about they were posting caa documents and other things is how tech Technology is now being used to get around having to spend years or a lifetime training yourself in meditation to get to these higher states. Um, they're doing with audio frequency, all these other things. But one of the main tenets in the ancient natural idea of meditation and hiring your mind, um, and the same idea being echoed now with the with the technical ways they're doing it with audio tapes and other things, um, is the vibration level or how, how can I put this? I'm not going to use the right language here, but people will understand what I'm getting at. There's a synchronicity that can be achieved between the left hemisphere of your brain and the right hemisphere of your brain. Really adept people in meditation who spent years or a lifetime getting there are literally, you hear the term, well, that person's at a higher vibration. Well, they truly are. There's a resonance. And in some of the technical documents, you'll see they talk about the membrane around your brain actually taking a percussive 
frequency from your heartbeat and other things, your vascular system, and raising it up and then getting a sympatico between the, the levels of the brains on both sides. And I'm not describing this probably 100% accurately, but I think people understand what I'm talking about. In other words, it is actually true that a person with a lower vibration is going to have less perceptual ability, and I'm using the word vibration on the tail of what I just described to you from a person who has hired themselves up and synced both sides of their hemispheres of their brain. The point I'm making here is if we get into 5G, this is a lot of it. People are claiming um, that all these networks and wireless frequencies that we walk through are lowering uh, that vibrational idea of our bodies. So there's all that to think about. I don't want to get too far into it, Jason, because I didn't really prep to go down that road. But I think people understand basically what I'm getting at. Well, I think it's safe to say that there's some very solid reality to what you're discussing. I personally believe that everything in the universe works off of frequency and and it's easy to see being a musician i can i can easily make that correlation to everything else but we have to look at it that way everything is frequency and vibration peaks and troughs and of course manipulating that on a uh, electromagnetic level around us is going to affect us personally we just have to accept it that's just basic science really well, it's crazy. And some of the documents they were posting in the forum, um, and I had read things like this before, they were stating things like people who just happen to be sitting in a room where the air conditioner is putting out a, I forget it. I'm just guessing here. Okay, people, I might get this wrong. I think it's like seven hertz or something like that. Um, frequency vibration. And they do that over a long period of time. They're actually a more perceptive, higher minded, intuitive individual just from having been exposed from that chance encounter with a machine machine that was putting off the right hertz vibration and being exposed to it for a long time. That's what we're talking about here. And if you don't think people in this world understand how these things work, I assure you um, that this is exactly why places like Tibet were taken apart by China and why nobody like the U.S. stood in to stop them. Because there was a whole community, a whole country built on the idea that we can work for the well-being of every living thing in this world. And by the way, some of us are going to reach what we call enlightenment and all of us are going to be working towards a higher mind. That's why these things were removed from our world. Because this digital darkness, this total control, this overwhelming censorship of the human spirit that is coming at us right now um, is undermined by people who have this whole other mindset where nature matters, where all living beings in this system matter, where I can train my mind to maybe even get out of this place because uh, there's something more than this, these ideas. But anyhow, Jason, let's keep moving through. So the rollout for full implementation of the 5G network is also said to be in the 2020 range. Some things are coming online next year, and a good bit of it is going to be online by 2019. But after 2020, well, the game's on, people. The idea is to have all these systems completely in place and functioning by then, for better or worse. And we will see. Well, I know what the, what the better is supposed to be, but the worse is what I'm concerned about. I will point out the obvious here. You know, uh, it means fifth generation, right? 5G. So we're at four, or maybe some of us are at 3G now, but... Think about the amount of time it got to get to 1G. I don't even know if they called it that. The amount of time it took to 2, but now look at what's going on with 5G. In some ways, they they started to really plan out 3 and 4, but this one, 
seems like there is a pretty critical blueprint where they're really going to plan and step up for this ability for, I, I forget, Jason, do you have, what is it, one gigabit a second data transfer somewhere? Yeah, um, I've got I was reading stats. about, yeah, I've forgotten what it is, but they're really going to push for this. And as we get into this, we'll talk about the effects that it can have on the human body, among other things. Anyhow, go ahead, man. So 5G, unlike the G in Freemasonry, the G in 5G stands for generation. So 5G is the fifth generation of the wireless systems. The original first generation was analog cellular, and digital came in with 2G and then all the way up to today, with each subsequent system being faster and able to transmit more data at once. 5G is promising an astonishing amount of data capability. According to one major mainstream website, 5G will be able to support at least 100 billion devices and will be 10 to 100 times faster than the current 4G technology. 4G was already about 10 times faster than 3G. It is said that it will have download speeds up to 10 gigabits per second, with latency in the realm of under 1 millisecond. It is going to be able to do this by utilizing largely untapped bandwidth frequencies in the millimeter wave range, which are between 30 gigahertz and 300 gigahertz, as well as some lower and mid-range frequencies. It will also require the use of 25 megawatt power supplies. So here we're getting into it. You know, they're banding about numbers like 30 gigahertz, and we were just mentioning, and I was venturing a guess, I think it's 7 hertz. The idea of a person exposed to a 7 hertz frequency over a period of time can literally become more intuitive and higher-minded and start to take on some of the functionality of a person who has done higher meditation techniques for many years. So now we're getting into these really big numbers like 30 gigahertz, not hertz, gigahertz. Um, we'll get into that a bit more as we, as we go on. Now, I did a lot of uh, cross-checking and all that with this next bit of information. There are supposed to be five different technologies that are going to be intertwined to make 5G function as they're claiming. And I don't know what you're going to do with 10 gigabits a second. I mean, that's like streaming a 4K movie in real time on your cell phone. And all I can think of is that's going to be some massive amount of power blasting through the airwaves at all times if that's really what the kind of speed you're capable of. Right. Um, I mean, you, you're you're about to get into some of the waves and other things that are going to come with, with the technologies, the 5G network. And this is where we start to get into the crux of it. Uh, it's hard to know what's true for certain for a couple reasons. Um, the information is stated in both directions, as is usual on the internet these days. It's hard to get a concrete anything. But we don't have it implemented in a wide way yet for people to be seeing the adverse effects. But the first thing you're about to cover here is very short uh, wavelengths. And there are a lot of people out there that have a litany of health problems that are associated with this. So the first explanation of the technologies, they're going to be using millimeter waves. Now, these possess much shorter wavelengths than what they've been using, and they're in the 1 millimeter to the 10 millimeter range. They do not travel very well through buildings, and they can also be absorbed by precipitation, which is rain, snow, that sort of thing, as well as plants and trees. So basically, they're going to have much shorter capability, which means other problems that need to be dealt with now as opposed to the way things are now with giant towers just being broadcast everywhere. So on their stated 
you know, functionality of a millimeter wave, we can deduce things in the same way we did with the new Cokes. In the same way, I can say there has always been people, plants, and animals at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. We can demonstrate the nuclear bomb drop is a hoax in the way it was described. But look what they're saying here. They're saying that these millimeter waves can be absorbed by precipitation. That's water, guys. That's liquid. Uh, the majority of the human body is that. As well as plants and trees, those are living cells. We share that functionality with trees. We have living cells too. So on the face of the description of how millimeter waves work, they're telling you that both liquid and plants and trees absorb it. So what does that tell you about the human body by common deduction? Anyhow, go ahead, man. Now to deal with the shorter wavelength issue, a technology called small cell networks will be put into place. This would mean lots of 5G cell towers placed perhaps as close as every other block or two. These newer towers are said to be much smaller than the 90-foot monstrosities that are currently in use, and they're likely to be about four feet tall. They will be utilizing the next new technology I'm about to get into. So here we go, man. Uh, most of us living right now can remember when a cell tower first was going to be implemented. It was a big damn deal. People didn't want it. Um, farmers that had big plots of lands that were finally bought out uh, to let the cell tower goes out were talked about derisively by their neighbors in the local papers. All these things had a problem. Well, look what's going on here. You've just been told that the millimeter waves have trouble going through buildings, won't go that far, but your body and living cells can absorb them, but we're gonna put them everywhere to solve the problem. Now, this harkens back to the other episode Jason and I did, where Jason and I flat out pointed to laws that have been passed where you can't sue these people because of health concerns. Well, there's the groundwork being laid for what's done here. And in my view, why wouldn't a person assume this is going to be unhealthy than to get there and find out that they were right all along? Do you understand the logic there? But right now, what you're being told is the Overton window idea again. Before, we had to go find these huge tracts of land to put up these huge towers. Nobody wanted around. All the neighbors were going to bitch. Everyone was going to be mad when we finally got one up. Pretty soon, we're going to start disguising them like trees so they look like palm trees or other things. So it's not so obvious we put a cell tower. Now, we're going to put one everywhere so that we can get our millimeter waves in place. Go ahead, Jason. Describe the next technology. The next technology is called MIMO, which stands for Multiple Input, Multiple Output. Now, the current towers have approximately 12 or so antenna ports to deal with all of the communication needs. So that's 12 ports to deal with all the ins and outs going on. The newer ones will carry somewhere around 100 ports. Big difference, obviously. The small towers utilizing MIMO will have cells available up to a 100-meter range, and, of course, they'll be utilizing smart technology, because all technology today is smart technology, able to differentiate between various received signals that may be getting crisscrossed, such as radio waves and Wi-Fi signals, and then they'll be able to beam them back out in an appropriate fashion. Basically, it'll process all the stuff, kick it back out in the time and in the direction it needs to be. Yeah. You know, when I start to having a technical background, imagine what's being described here. What I see is bars. What I see is a big cage being built, a free range cage. Um, I'll let you keep pushing into full duplex so that you can get all the technologies that are going to be associated with this out there. So people have a more full idea of what 5G is bringing. Right. So full duplex. This is another piece of next generation technology that will contribute to the functioning of 5G. It basically means that high-speed switches, transistor switches basically, will be able to make incoming and outgoing signals 
function nearly at the same time, virtually doubling the capacity of current wireless networks because they have to, it's kind of like trains on a track. They can only go in one direction at a time. These new switches they've come up with will be able to switch it so fast that they could use the same track to, for both directions. Right. I had some experience with this as a radio operator in the Marine Corps um, duplex systems, and um, I would have to have done more research to remember accurately all that. But let's go ahead and hit the last technology here. And the last one is called beam forming. It allows specific signals to be sent to specific locations, basically acting like a policeman doing traffic duty, directing the flow where it would best be for it to go. So basically, it's going to be able to steer the the signals, like say you're walking along and you're trying to stream the new Iron Man movie. It's going to be able to direct the signals around you so that that gets to you in the in the most appropriate way and obviously for the, in the fastest time so that your stream doesn't get interrupted. That sort of thing. Well, there's there's another side of this too. So you're looking at the application side, but what about the enforcement side? You see, all this data being collected, all this censorship coming online, all this control being exerted that we are watching on the regular Internet right now, um, it's exactly like a policeman, right? Something goes on they don't want, a signal gets beamed somewhere for that. Um, It comes, it starts to be exactly uh, like the system described in 1984, the Big Brother. Um, The potential for for this technology that we have just outlined, um, it's everywhere, it's quick. It communicates instantly in two directions. And by the way, we can send the data anywhere it needs to go. Do you see the abuse possibilities here? And that is setting aside the fact that the opening bullet point here told us that these types of waves, millimeter waves, these tiny little period waves uh, are absorbed by liquid and they are absorbed by things with living cells. They use trees as an example to try to mislead people from thinking they are so different from trees. But I'm sorry, we're both made up of a lot of water and we're both covered in cells. Uh, We have a lot of similarity there. Um, What would you add, Jason? Well, I I chose the imagery of a policeman on purpose for my example there, because while the policeman can, of course, be the helpful, friendly traffic cop, he can also beat you over the head with his billy club. Exactly. Um, and, and I would point out, you know, the whole idea of, uh, of Oregon or Oregon, most people call it Oregon, um, making what they say is a positive energy source. Um, maybe four or five years ago, there was huge numbers of people making Oregon things. You can go online to look up how they're made and putting them all around cell towers. They were like these ninjas where all they did was make these little Oregon devices, put them in bags and go out all over the world to put orgone down by the cell towers. The reason they were doing it is because they were telling you um, and using actual things that were available to the public to show just how bad cell phone signals are for you. And I'll tell you a little story about when I, I think it was right before I went into the Marine Corps. So we're looking at the mid 80s sometime, there were these huge electrical towers um, in East County of San Diego that we used to drive by sometimes. And we had heard um, that if you took a fluorescent, one of those long fluorescent light bulbs and stood under that tower, and that was just electricity, by the way, that the electromagnetic bleed from those huge high power tension wires from these massive towers would light them up. And I got in a bet with one of the friends I grew up with, and we got one of those bulbs. We drove down there in the evening, and sure enough, I got out of the car, stood under the tower, held that fluorescent bulb in my hand, and it lit. That's electricity, okay? We're talking about a whole other thing. And by the way, standard, standard cell towers have been equated as 
an inches, you know, nudge to be microwave technology. And we all know microwave technology could be weaponized. There are a lot of people out there who have always had big concerns. But now we're talking about a whole other thing here. We're talking about millimeters waves. And we've pointed out endlessly already in this episode what absorbs those millimeter waves. And we're being told that they will be everywhere. In other words, if you are in a city, it can't go through a building, which means every corner or place you could walk around or for that matter into a store if they want you to have that digital signal there will be antennas that's where we're headed and you know we talked about the beam forming it can be sent off in any direction this is the ultimate set of prism bars if it's used improperly and i don't really think there's any arguing that jason no but doesn't all this sound so smashing crow all the all this wonderful technology going into place right now yeah, um, it, it's exactly what it is. It's exactly smashing. Uh, 20, you know, I've said so many times that this coming year seems like it is going to be a big damn deal, partially indicatable because we understand that 2018 can resolve and coded to 9-11. But as we push into the 2020s, it almost seems like that's where uh, the the iron-fisted control gets exerted. Um, all the documents we saw from the Air Force where they're claiming they're going to own the weather by 2020 or 2024, I forgot what the date is, um, all these things coming online, um, it's it's exactly that, Jason. It's smashing. It's smashing the human, the human spark, the divine spark of freedom in humans. That's what it's doing. It's replacing a natural existence with a digital darkness. In my view, that is my view. Anyhow, man. Well, I, I think it's safe to say that most people think that this is just a great big giant bowl of tasty jello. So let me pee in your jello and say, here's the dangers that the mainstream will never bother to tell you about. Thousands of studies actually do link low level wireless radio frequency radiation exposure to a rather intense list of adverse health issues, such as single and double DNA strand breakage, oxidative damage, disruption of cellular metabolism increased blood-brain barrier permeability, melatonin reduction, disruption to brain glucose metabolism, and generation of stress proteins. There are also links to cancer. These are a lot of things that we can, some of them, you know, the average person can't really address, but let's take melatonin reduction. Melatonin plays a key role in a person's sleep. I'm asking everyone listening, how many people out there, maybe even yourself, are having a hard time getting the sleep you once had in your lifetime, or you know others that have real trouble sleeping? Um, this is the kind of thing we can look around and say, you know, when I was a kid, I don't think I knew, when I was younger, even a teen, I don't think I knew anyone that had sleeping disorders, which are so common now, and we don't even really need to address cancers, do we? The problem here is that there's really, you know, the cancer's tied up in the food, the water supply, the air supply, uh, Lord only knows what chemtrails are doing. All these things could contribute to this. But again, look at the cancer levels. I think the last thing I read said that three in five of us will die of cancer. I think it was one in 50 or something, or even one in 100. I've forgotten when I was a lot younger what the stats were. So you can see where this goes. I don't think there is any arguing as a former Marine who was both a cryptographer and a radio operator that this type of radiation is harmful to human cells. And I would add, and I, you know, I hate to add this, but I mean, look where we are, guys. Is there a reason that we call the phones cell phones? Are there, is there a reason? Is it flat out telling you that it destroys human cells? 
I don't know, man. I'm I'm a suspicious person by the nature of of the things that I see coming from power. But words do have meaning, and we call these things cell phones, and we call these things cell towers, and everything Jason just listed down is damaging to a cell in one shape, way, shape, or form. Even cancer being, you know, malignant cells. Anyhow, Jason. To follow up with that, in May of 2011, the International Agency for Research on Cancer evaluated cancer risks from radiofrequency radiation. Human epidemiological studies gave evidence of increased risk for glioma and acoustic neuroma. RF radiation was classified as Group 2B, a possible human carcinogen. Further epidemiological, animal, and mechanistic studies have strengthened the association. In spite of all this, in most countries, very little or pretty much nothing has been done to reduce exposure or to even to educate people on the health standards that are being proposed here from any of this RFA radiation. On the contrary, the ambient levels, meaning the usage and broadcast, have increased drastically, I would say, and it's about to go through the roof with the 5G. Well, it's about to be full coverage. I mean, will you be, I, I guess at that point, truly getting out to the mountains um, will be an escape because the millimeter waves don't travel that far. Um, so unless they have a tree out there in the middle of nowhere with a repeater that's going to hit the couple hundred yards around it. But look what we're talking about here, man. RF, that is radio frequency. That's what I had directly to do with in the Marine Corps. And I can tell you flat out, um, some of the radios we used, if you grabbed the antenna while someone keeps the mic, it would blow you out of your boots. Some of the antennas you were not supposed to get anywhere near. The directional antennas, you didn't stand in front of them. The microwave antennas, you were told that you would be cooked from the inside out if you got between the broadcasting antenna and it's wherever it was broadcasting to. I have a lot of experience with RF to know certainly that radio frequency RF is not good for the human body, which was why in my house we don't use wireless signals. Everything is hardwired, but you know, here's the problem. As we come to 5G, where the RF coverage will be nearly everywhere, there are people even now, right now, when I had to go out to get my last router, I had to freaking fight and scratch tooth and nail to get a router that wasn't wireless that I could just hardwire. So you can see the Overton window again moving through time here. And, and on the tail of what Jason just said, you know, here they're telling you, yeah, man, this is a 2B group for uh, human carcinogen. And yet, up and up and up the RF goes. Every home now has it because everyone running a wireless system in their home is being hit by RF. That's all there is to it. But as we get into 5G here, Jason, it is my feeling that the damaging component of the RF saturation we have is going to skyrocket. Wow, I have no doubt whatsoever. Now, let's do a little conjecture here, especially given all the work that you've done with telescopes. Do chemtrails have any part to play in any of this? They do, from scientific study, contain high levels of metallic particles that could, quite possibly, I am suggesting, act as an antenna of some sort. I don't think there's any doubt. Um, there's people out there like Patrick Roddy and others that we're aware of. We watch their work, Matt Landman, who will say that there's actually frequency pulses being generated up into whatever it is they're spraying that we know is conductive, electrically conductive. Um, we know that there's documents out there that the, the Air Force claims they'll own the weather by 2020. Any person who's not walking around on the face of this world chewing cud, sleeping, can understand that the sky has changed. Planes are spraying 
everywhere. And even if a person is fortunate enough to live in a place where the sky is blue most of the time and they don't see crisscrossing trails, you can easily go to what's called satellite images and see how often the entirety of the United States is crisscrossed with these lines. This is new. This did not go on in the 80s. This did not go on prior to the 90s. Uh, we didn't see this. That's why people like myself spent so much time filming it. There's no doubt in my mind, Jason, that what Chemtrails is doing is probably many, many things, so many of which we're probably not even aware of. But part of it, in my view, is literally to take over control of the weather. Again, replacing an artificial system with presumably, which was likely once a more natural system. But on top of that, we know flat out, flat out, that what they're spraying is electrically conductive, which means it could be an antenna of some sort. Well, words have meaning, and they do call the place where you send all your information the cloud, don't they? <laughs> there it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who owns the cloud, man? Is there a proprietor here at the cloud that I can talk to? <laughs> and wait a minute, I'm not even tall enough to get up to the cloud. Sorry, man. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so let's start talking about cryptocurrency. Now, the general definition of cryptocurrency is a digital currency in which encryption techniques are used to regulate the generation of units of currency and verify the transfer of funds operating independently of a central bank. Decentralized cryptocurrencies, such as Bitcoin, which we're about to get to, now provide an outlet for personal wealth that is beyond restriction and confiscation, or so they say. Okay. There's so many points to make here. I'm going to let you get a little further in, but I will point out this now. You know, in my lifetime, there was an idea that a dollar at some point was still worth 38 cents backed by real something. Um, probably not true at the time that was being said. There was a time in this country when the currency we used was backed by something of value. Um, the religion of Islam or the spiritual tenets of Islam uh, back in the day stated that all currency had to be backed by something of value, usually gold or silver. This is being dismantled by the people who would like to take over this place because you can't put a central bank in as long as currency is backed by value. Bitcoin is this gone so far in the other direction that it's hard to even overstate. Now Bitcoin is the thing that doesn't even exist in the first place. Not only does it have no value, it exists as electrons on the head of a pin somewhere. Do you understand? It's like if I make a digital image. That digital image, you see it, but it doesn't really exist. It's just a bunch of electrons balanced somewhere, putting that color palette together to be projected at your eye. Um, this is this is the idea of removing value from money taken to an extreme where you get to a point where even the money you're holding in your hand doesn't exist. Anyhow, Jason, I'll let you keep pushing. Well, you can hold it on a flash drive. I mean, if you really want to. But actually, you can't because what you're what you're actually holding is electrons, you know, balanced somewhere. <laughs> it's the illusion of something I would point out more accurately. Right now, the idea behind all of these digital currencies is that they use a technology that makes them incredibly unique, and it's up to the individual whether they feel comfortable with that or not. But let's get into Bitcoin specifically because it is the most popular. It, it technically wasn't the first, but it was the first big one that really caught on and went worldwide. It is a distributed peer-to-peer -peer digital currency that can be transferred instantly and supposed to be securely as well between any two people anywhere. And I'm about to get into the background on it, which is why you might want to be a little suspicious about it as well. So on August 18th, 2008, the domain name Bitcoin.org was registered. 
In November of that year, a link to a white paper authored by a mysterious figure named Satoshi Nakamoto was released out into the World Wide Web entitled Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system, and it was posted to a cryptography mailing list. And the reason why I said mysterious figure, because the true identity of this individual has never actually been revealed. Nobody knows who this individual is, or if it's a group of people using a pseudonym or something like that. Nobody really knows. Now, this paper detailed methods of using a peer-to-peer -peer network to generate what was best described as a system for electronic transactions without relying on trust. In January 2009, the Bitcoin network came into existence with the release of the first open source Bitcoin client and the issuance of the first Bitcoins with Satoshi Nakamoto mining the first block of Bitcoins ever. And they called it the Genesis block. And it had a reward of 50 Bitcoins. Embedded in the Coinbase of this block was the text, the times 03 slash Jen slash 2009, Chancellor on brink of second bailout for banks. I don't know if anybody actually ever figured out what that meant. It sounded like it was supposed to be a warning of some sort, but who knows. Now, in the early days, Nakamoto is estimated to have mined 1 million Bitcoins. Before disappearing from any involvement in Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto is kind of said to have handed over the reins, the controls of all of this to a developer named Gavin Anderson, who then became the Bitcoin lead developer at the Bitcoin Foundation, which is called the anarchic Bitcoin community's closest thing to an official public face. So here you go, man. Uh, it's this whole currency where nobody knows who created it. There's a huge problem. You don't know who, what, why, when. I guess you kind of do know when. Um, this was all created, and it's all basically built on trust. They're saying you can transfer coin one person to the other without relying on trust, but the trust that you are relying is that there is something to get involved here. But, Jason, you and I yesterday uh, were going over the who is lookup. So basically, we looked up the who is date, which was done in Panama, um, of course, which is a bit ironic. Um, even the lookup when someone ripped off crow777.com, uh, it was the same Panama lookup. But everything encoded in the date of the creation of Bitcoin had eights. It all resolved to eights. Even being set up on, on 18 August, which is the eighth month, but the 18 encodes triple six. Everything else resolved out to eight. Even PA, the place Panama, the abbreviation uh, resolves to eight. Everything about it resolved to eight. In ordinal geometry, that will often come back to 44. And of course, we've said so many times, 44 often encodes the idea of death doors. And then when eight is left alone, you have that kind of Mobius strip infinity idea or something to do with time. In so many movies that you watch, whenever time travel is associated, you will see double eights used as the encode mechanism. Uh, the, the character, I don't remember his name, who played Doc Brown in Back to the Future has been in a couple, two, three movies where time travel and electricity are central to his character. Uh, one of them is a John Lithgow movie. Oh, it's a Buckaroo Banzai. There's time travel in that, and you'll notice the vehicle they go around in has double eights on the door because of the time travel idea. All these things are coming into play, and when a thing like Bitcoin comes to be, you know, these numbers and dates that we always look at, these things are not by chance. They just aren't. But anyhow, Jason, where'd you get to? Well, the actor's name is Christopher Lloyd you're referring to, and here's right. the who is. Domain, Bitcoin.org, Registrar Enom Incorporated, Registration Date, 8-18-2008, Expiration date, 8-18-2021. 
updated date, 5-5-2017. Now, the interesting part is this, though. The registrant contact. Who is Guard Protected? The organization Who is Guard Incorporated. So basically, you don't know who owns this damn thing. No, it's a bit like going to a bank and not being able to understand what bank it is even. You know, there's no name on the bank. There's no ownership. There's none of this. That's what this is. And I've seen clips recently about supposed people who are big time programmers, big into AI. I think everyone's aware of the one clip that's been circulating that was shot in Vegas. And he's making a crucial point. You know, how how the hell can you buy into any of this when you don't even know who created it? Um, and we have this Nakamoto character. Um, these are key, key points. Um I guess I'll hold off there for now, Jason, as we get further into this. Well, we're going to get into quantum computers next, into hour two. But to kind of wrap this part up, it could be a single person just building off of the work of the previous cryptocurrencies that other people had worked on. And an individual who didn't want to be in any kind of danger zone because obviously Bitcoin did take off all over the world and perhaps just doesn't want to deal with it. That's one possibility. Another possibility is that it's a group of people, so there is no one individual, and they just used a a pseudonym to register and put all these things under. Another possibility that some people have really been conjecturing is a human being didn't design this at all, and AI did. And that's, again, more we're going to get into in hour two. Yeah, and and all these things are possible when you don't have any idea. And by the way, we're going to get into the idea of Sophia just getting citizenship, you know, an artificial intelligence, which tells you a very important thing, that these things have been going on for many years prior. It's just now that the public is being introduced to them. But this Bitcoin thing, you know, since we're going to come back and start up on quantum computing, because that's a key point of, of all this we're talking about, and think about the 5G net work. Think about Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. Think about artificial intelligence. All these things are not mutually exclusive. They're all going to rely on one another. But Bitcoin, if I had to proffer an educated guess, and this is just that, um, but I'm basing it on a lot more than just what I've learned in the world. I'm basing it partially on what I've seen echoed and encoded in movies. As an example, uh, let me think of one real Okay, the, the Star Trek, the old Star Trek movie where Captain Kirk and Spock go down to San Francisco to save a whale or something. I forget the plot. They need a whale to save the world or something. Um, there's a tenant in there that, you know, well, we used to have money. You know, they get to a society now where there's no money and they're talking about this barbaric time when people still had money. This is echoed over and over and over in many ways. But it appears to me what Bitcoin is going to do at some point is topple the kind of financial systems that we all come to know and use in this world where there were dollar bills and banks and ATMs and this kind of idea. I think all of that will go away. And I will remind you once again on shows as popular as Big Bang that reach millions and millions of minds each week. um, They've recently made jokes that when the robot or AI uprising comes, uh, ATMs will lead the way. These things are not said or done in a vacuum. And in the same way, Jason gave the benefit of the doubt on what or who or or why Bitcoin was set up. I look at that date on who is look up and there is no way in hell you're ever going to convince me that every single number involved resolves to eight is just coincidence. I don't view our world in that way anymore. But anyhow, Jason, we are getting close to the top of the hour, are we not? 
We are indeed. We are here, in fact. So next hour, we're going to discuss quantum computers, specifically getting into the D-Wave company, which has a form of quantum computing already figured out and marketed to multiple major corporations, as well as the actual AI itself. AI is going to be a heck of a thing, man, and so is virtual reality. And while we probably won't touch that much here, um, man, we are just on the cusp of an entirely new existence. Um, I, I just can't, I can't overstate it. But anyhow, to wrap up here, Jason, anyone who wants to take a hand in trying to complain to YouTube, we've kind of described. Go do a search, see how you send feedback. If you're interested in doing that, if you do, I thank you. Right now, Jason and I are going to be hard-pressed to keep traffic coming to Crow Triple Seven Radio so we can continue to produce this content. So again, if you want to spread the word about what we're doing here, that's awesome too. Anyhow, the second hour is a hell of a thing. Quantum computing, artificial intelligence. We're going to go at these in a non, no-nonsense way, and these things are going to come to have a bearing on all our lives much sooner than we'd like, probably. Anyhow, that brings the first hour of episode 83, Crow 777 Radio, covering Bitcoin, the 5G coming, 5G networks, and artificial intelligence. There it is, man. Cheers. Hope to see you all over at Crow 777 Radio.com for the second hour. It should be a Lulu. 